Hello, welcome back to the fourth episode of the Triboro Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Alonzo, joined by my co-host, Nick O'Brien. Welcome back, doing? everybody. I'm doing I all don't right. Care. Okay. All right, so pretty much what we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about the opening day rosters and the reactions, or at least what we know of so right. far, because as of recording, it's about 3.30 on Tuesday, so we don't know the finalized for at least the Yankees. Pretty yeah, sure the Mets, yeah too. Mets still haven't finalized everything, but it's kind of like... What we know and what yeah. we expect. Um, our reactions to that, just a quick little injury wind up, and that's really about it. Yeah. One thing we're going to introduce, just to like see how it goes, is there's not really much to talk about in the introduction. Kind of do like a quick hot take. Maybe we'll like talk about it for like two, three minutes, just see how that goes. Sure. And I got a good one. Apparently. Um, so Pete Rose is not okay. nearly talked about enough in the greatest player of all time discussion. I would agree. But the probably the, the reason why is because of the scandal. I feel like without the scandal that changes everything. I feel like in a way that almost helps him. The scandal helps almost him. Almost helps him. Because when you think greatness, it's the story. Right. So that just adds more to like the entire story and that makes people more sympathetic to him. It can also do the opposite and it taints his story. So a lot of people are gonna like disregard him because of what happened. I mean vast majority of people don't describe Barry Bonds. True. So it's, and that's like not nearly as bad as Bonds. Depends who you talk to, probably. To any intelligent person, that's not nearly <laughs> as bad as Bonds. Yeah. And I don't even think Bonds is that bad considering the era. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Because my thing, little tangent, I think there's a difference between greatest and best. Like my opinion, Babe Ruth is the greatest of all time, but Barry Bonds is the best. Because greatness is more story, legacy and all that in bonds has some but doesn't have like the same stories as babe ruth with like the calling a shot all that i've heard this at least five times now yeah well yeah no the best first <laughs> yes greatest, yeah um but yeah i just think that he's really like a top five greatest player of all time the stats yeah. may not be there like his, his war wasn't as high right but he was a part of some of the greatest teams of all time offensively at least played every position has one of the best nicknames of all time. One of, like, the definition of a hustle player, Charlie yeah. Hustle. And, yeah. He's, he's a gritty bulldog. He's a gritty. He's, he's the first one in, last one out. <laughs> he's a really, he's a gym rat. He's a gym rat. High motor. Oh, yeah, big um, time. If you know what we're talking about, nice. We're not going to explain that. No. Um, all right, yeah. But, all right, let's get into it. Get into Queens. Now entering Queens. Everybody, welcome back to Queens. Today we're gonna have some injury updates. So start things off. You know, Nemo had a scare a couple weeks back. Talked about it last episode. His uh, s- sprained ankle, knee, knee that looked thing. Like an ACL to me. Like initial, especially when you saw Gavin Lux. I thought initially, like, that's, that's what Twitter also thought. But. He was all right. He came back for the final two games of spring. Uh, he looked all right. He played about six innings each. You know, he hit, he ran, he played defense. Looks like he'll be ready for opening day, so I'm not worried about that. Um, Diaz started his rehab. Um, not much of a report there, you know. Nothing new, pretty kind of. Longest of long shots. Yeah. Kind of, he's He looks all right, you know. Nice. Still high spirits, so. Not much else there. And then Brooks Raley, who 
was taken out of the WBC because of a hamstring issue. Uh, he threw in the backfield yesterday. For Tampa, right? Yes, okay, he's a lefty. So he threw in the backfields, and then in yesterday's intra-squad game, he got a couple, couple innings in. So he looks ready to go for opening day as well. So going into opening day, not too many injuries, thankfully. Yeah. You know, Quintana's going to be out for a bit. Diaz is going to be out for a while. So, but besides that, everything Imagine looks good. Entire starting rotation out for opening day could oh, no. not be me. Could not be me. Just could not be me. But to the roster moves, you know, spring training came to an end. Uh, had to cut down a couple people from the roster. Most notably, Brett Beatty and Mark Vientos both did not make the opening day roster. That was a shock during Monopoly. Yeah. That was a shock. Beatty was a very big surprise. Vientos, I think, had a longer shot than Beatty, but Beatty was definitely a surprise. I feel like he earned it right away, like out yeah. of spring. Escobar, you know, he was away from with the WBC, but, you know, it's a small sample size, so he didn't really have that good stats. Mm. But I feel like Beatty just completely outplayed him. No. You know, he, his defense didn't look as bad as many people say. His defense looked ser- more than serviceable. His bat was playing perfectly. I thought he had it locked up. Mm. But the Mets had other ideas, I guess. And, you know, I don't hate starting him in AAA. He played, like, six games last year. So I get it. I don't hate it. We'll probably see him in, like, June or something. Mm. He's, he's going to be up this year. I have a feeling he will. But I, I it, definitely think. It would I have think been there's nice. a chance that after the service time date, that which is about 17 days yeah. into the season pretty much, if he starts in AAA, then they call him up, then he gets an extra year of service time, which yes. is very which valuable. Yeah, a lot of teams like to do. But, you know, unfortunate for Beatty. I feel like he earned it. But, you know, I don't hate starting him in AAA. Hmm. Plus, it gives the Mets more options out of the gate. You know, if Escobar goes down, you call it Beatty. Or if someone else goes down, you can call it Beatty. You know, there, you have options, which I think is huge. Hmm. Uh, on to Vientos. Again, he was probably going to be your right-handed DH if he made the roster. He's going to be at the power bat off the bench. But, you know, he had a good showing in spring. You know, he still struck out a lot. So, again, I feel like he played in AAA last year, so I feel like he doesn't have much else to necessarily learn. Hmm. So I feel like he should have been up as well, especially because Darren Ruff designated for assignment i was sad to see that i wasn't i wanted to see frank the tank just suffer yeah but you know looking at you he, ju- he just he didn't show anything in spring training i have his stats here 30 at bats hit 167 a 498 ops 265 on base percentage mm-hmm. in spring training after not doing anything at all for the last half of the season so I think I applaud Epler for kind of met, taking accountability. Mm. You know, he's plain and, like you said in an interview, plain and simple, it's a trade that didn't work out. Mm. That is probably an understatement, given how much he gave up for him. I wish my GM could do that. Uh, not this, not this trade. But, again, I think it's an understatement, especially for J.D. Davis. I miss you so much. I know you're not listening, but J.D., I miss you so much. Should you come home? Facts. But yeah, this he, 
he showed nothing. Like no. I, I feel bad for the guy, but like he looked completely helpless and completely just overmatched. Mm -hmm. So in lieu of Darren Ruff, probably just part of that's probably just not a New York player. Maybe yeah. You saw all the stuff Buck was saying how like yeah he's not doing well in spring training. But he's in six hundred on the backfield. Yeah. So it's like how much of that do you think is just the pressure just? It, it too much? and it could very well be. But the other thing is he has arthritis in his wrist. That's not good for a hitter. Right, so I don't know how much longer he's going to play, honestly. How old? He's old, though, right? He's like 36. Yeah. yeah, so he's up there in age. He's owed three, $3.15 million this year. Steve Cohen's going back. Pocket change. Doesn't really matter. But in lieu of Darren Ruff, Timmy LeCastro made the roster. 45 at-bats, hit 289, a 396 on base, 5'11 slugging in spring training. Wouldn't that be nice? Mets fans will love him. You I, I, I already love him. love him. Yeah, if you guys didn't know, he was on the Yankees for, like, what, a couple months last year? No, it was like... They traded for him at the deadline, 21. Or, yeah, 21. Yeah. Then he was on for the entire year. Then they DFA'd him. Then he signed with the Red Sox. Then the Red Sox DFA'd him. Then they brought him back. And then he was on and off the team all last year. I see. Yeah. Sure. But um, he's not going to hit 286, and he's definitely not going to have a 907 OPS. He's going to hit a random – he's going to hit two random home runs in a blowout. That is what That he sounds does. about right. That is what he does. <laughs> but something he does bring to the table, six stolen bases in spring, never caught. You know, uh, I feel like speed is something that they're kind of – Mets are kind of lacking on the bench. So, Castro brings yeah, that's that's his, that's his main pinch thing. Pinch runner, defensive replacement, if that. So, and any offense is a plus you get from him. But the thing that Very makes this defensive. yeah, the thi the thing that really makes this head scratching, is you DFA Ruff, mm -hmm. which you would think would open a spot for someone like Vientos or Beatty, because you bring up Vientos, he's your right-handed DH. Okay. You bring up Beatty, Escobar is your right-handed DH. So now. I can't help but look at this. Not only did you just DFA rough, you're giving a roster spot to Tim LoCastro over Brett Beatty or Mark Vientos. Like, forget it giving, if, even if Ruff didn't get DFA'd, mm. giving Ruff a roster spot over Beatty and Vientos. Mm -hmm. But now, if you replace Ruff with LoCastro, which is what they're doing, you're replacing, no, you're giving LoCastro a roster spot over Beatty and Vientos. Yeah. That doesn't sit right with me. I feel me. like there's an easy solution. Which, I feel like the easy solution is never to sign Tommy Pham. Because oh, boy. Because Do I wish they didn't sign Tommy Pham. You just throw in LaCastro for As Tommy Pham's yes. spot. And then bring you up bring Beatty, Beatty or Vientos. Because now LaCastro could be your fourth outfielder. Exactly. Now you got to deal with this shithead fan. better defender. Significantly faster and he's probably a better clubhouse guy. I have not heard one thing either way, and I feel like if you ha don't hear something about someone in New York, that's like a good thing. It's probably a good thing, yeah. But again, Sam has a roster spot because, you know, there's $600 million why he has a roster yeah. spot. So that kind of, you can't really help that. I mean, you know, had 20 million, 40 million reasons why. True. So you True. Never know. So you if never he know. Sucks a month yeah. into the season. Or he's like a clubhouse rat, then, yeah. you know. They could cut him, but as of right now, it looks like fans are right-handed DH, which I don't exactly love. 
but such a weird move. Like that Tommy Pham signing is like a signing of the Athletics with yeah. Jake, where it's like just hope he does well, trade him at the deadline. Right. Like, that's so, not a contending team move. Right. I don't exactly understand the Pham signing. I don't exactly giving the Castro a roster spot over Bedia Vientos, but at this point, what else can you do? They'll probably be up later this year, anyways. Uh, to the next roster move, David Peterson was named the fifth starter. Uh, like I talked about last episode, I feel like he deserved it. I think he deserved it after last year. I thought, you know, he would slide into that fifth spot automatically. I didn't think they were going to sign someone like Quintana, but obviously, since Quintana's down, Peterson takes the spot. And he had a really, really good spring 12 innings pitched, one hit, no earned runs, 13 strikeouts. The alarming thing is he did walk eight batters mm-hmm. in, tw- in those 12 innings. So he doesn't give up a lot of hits, but he's walking a bit more guys than I would like to see. But regardless, I think he was the better option out of him or Tyler McGill, I agree. who was optioned to AAA. He also had a good start, I mean, good spring. The last couple starts were pretty rough. Um, his overall numbers, 17 innings pitched, 14 hits, 10 runs, 7 earned. 13 walks, 12 strikeouts. And in the last two games... You never want more walks than strikeouts. Right. In his last two games, he started for spring. Eight and two-thirds, eight hits, nine runs, six earned runs, 10 walks. So I think that kind of put the nail in the coffin there. Uh, So he's going to start in AAA. It kind of sucks for him because, you know, last year... Opening day starter for the Mets. I mean, he's this the opening year. day starter this year. He is the opening day starter for the Mets in Syracuse. <laughs> the Syracuse Mets, not the MLB Mets. So it kind of sucks for him, but I think this was the right move. I like it. Uh, I think Peterson's the like I can, we kind of talked about it last year. Yeah, Peterson has the higher floor, lower ceiling. Miguel opposite, lower floor, higher ceiling. I think you go for the sure thing, like with exactly, Peterson. Yeah. And then you see what you can get with McGill maybe later down the line. Especially that time in AAA. I right. think he's only going to help. Like, I don't think Peterson really could have done more in AAA. I agree. And McGill, bleh, McGill, if I could, is it? That's yes, McGill. McGill, he's going to get a lot more time to develop. Yep. And I think only good, as long as he stays healthy, I think only good things can help him I agree. with that development. I agree. And look, I'm sure we're going to see him up in the majors at one point. Yeah. Whether Never it's have a pitching. Yeah, six starter, someone goes down, doubleheader, whatever you're Whatever. We'll see him once. 20, 30 games in a row with no off days. Right. You never know. We'll see him. No. Lastly, bullpen options. These aren't official, but given who they optioned, these are the last three remaining. So you got John Curtis, who's looked fantastic this spring. Dennis Santana. Where was he? Curtis? He was somewhere else. Where was Curtis he? was on Miami, but it, yes. they signed him for a two-year deal. He missed the entire of 21 with Tommy John, so he's now back in 22. Yes. Okay. They picked up Dennis Santana off of waivers from, I believe, Texas. Um, he, looked, he looked good. He pitched a couple innings with the Mets. He, uh, he has some good peripherals. So, again, back-end reliever, Don't really. those guys are going to rotate in and out. So we'll see what we get when from you, him. Either you're in a blow-up. Blowout or either way, just yeah. get like three innings. Who cares about the ERA? Just right. get the outs. And then uh, Eliezer Hernandez looks to be that swing man, which I thought Joey Lucchese would have been, but um, 
Hernandez is going to be the... <laughs> Hernandez is probably going to be your swing guy, you know, spot starter, like another blowout game. You need a couple innings. So, again, not official, but that seems to be where things are heading. Mm. So I'm sure we'll hear more tomorrow, the official roster spots, but as of right now, that's what it seems to be. Now, for the exciting things, opening day. Get excited, people. Mets open up in Miami on Thursday, March 30th, 4 or 5. Max Scherzer versus reigning NL Cy Young, Sandy Alcantara. My NL Cy Young pick, so he's yes. going to go seven scoreless. Well, here's the thing. Ten scoreless. The Mets versus Alcantara. For his career, Alcantara has started 14 games, 94 innings size. pitch. 2.97 ERA. Not bad, but you know. It's crazy that, that, like, you're saying that like it's a good thing, but relatively it is. I know. Like, a sub-3 ERA is, like, incredible. Right. But I feel like, especially last year, in the Cy Young year, mm-hmm. four games started, 27 innings pitched, 3.33 ERA. So they hand, again, 3.33 is very good for a pitcher. 27 innings? Yes. Averaged about seven innings a start. Right. <laughs> but in his Cy Young year, the Mets handled him pretty well. So I think this is going to be a good game. Uh, you know, Scherzer, he's been the NL East for basically his whole career. He's Max Scherzer, you know. Like, you know what you're going to get from him. You're going to get six, seven innings. Mets just need to score him some runs. But uh, I think, and the Mets have a fantastic record for opening day. Pretty sure they have the best record in history on opening days. The first two weeks of the season. Yes, and then everything else goes to shit. Then the Mets, the Mets. And then the Mets meet the June Mets, and everything just (laughs) falls apart. But we're not there yet. It's opening day. We're excited. Hopes are high. So we don't talk about it just yet. Not yet. Game two. Uh, Looks like David Peterson's going to take the mound. And Jesus Lazardo for the Marlins. Jesus Lazardo, lefty. Will the Mets hit the lefties? That's the big thing. If that, no Darren Ruff, we'll probably see Tommy Pham at the DH role. Peterson versus the Marlins, though. 23 innings pitched, 274 ERA. Extremely solid. You know, we, I feel like you know what you're going to get. With Peterson, you're going to get five, six innings, going to let up a run or two. Again, I think the big storyline for this game is will the Mets be able to hit lefties? Jesus Lazardo is one of the better lefty starting pitchers out there. So, I feel like, so, sorry, this is a little ahead. tangent. I feel like David Peterson gives me, like, Tyone vibes. Like, he'll give you, like, a quality start. Yeah. He won't go, like, he won't give a complete game shutout. out. No. But he'll go six innings, two, three runs, right. and he'll give you a chance to win. Yes, I think, and that, for Peterson being the fifth starter, although he is starting the for. second game, but he is technically the fifth starter. That's all. He, that's all you can ask for. Yeah. You know, that's six, incredible. seven innings, two, yeah. three runs, yeah. perfect. No. But Lizardo versus the Mets, small, smaller sample size, twenty innings pitched, five, four ERA. Mm. Again, smaller sample size. I feel like he really took it up a notch last year, so we'll see how he comes into this year. But again. The Mets got to hit the lefties. That's that's the yeah. big thing. And then game three, uh, Verlander versus Edward Cabrera. Verlander, he's only faced the Marlins like three times in his career. Obviously, new 
division. New but league. Yeah, he's been in the AL his entire league. He faced the Marlins once last year. Pitched a good game, Verlander game, nothing special. So I feel like pitchers always have the upper hand when mm-hmm. it comes to either transferring leagues or, well, no, when transferring leagues, mm-hmm. I feel like pitchers have the upper hand. So Especially when they have like more disgusting stuff. Right. And so I think we're going to see a good Verlander start from them. Uh, Cabrera, another small sample size versus the Mets. 15 innings, a 7-2 ERA. Again, Cabrera, another guy who really took it up a notch last year. So we'll see what kind of Cabrera we get uh, facing him the third game. Then I believe they have it's a four-game series. And uh, the starters have not been announced, uh, but I believe it's probably going to be Sanga mm-hmm. pitching that game. And then I, for the Marlins, hasn't been announced yet. So the Mets will be facing TBD, a uh, famous pitcher. Yeah. Uh, probably TBD Johnny Cueto. considerations is about to go hard. Bags. Well, you're probably going to see a Johnny Cueto or a Trevor Rogers, another lefty. So, again, hasn't been announced yet. But um, I Johnny think... Johnny Cueto, no lefty. I, Trevor Rogers is the lefty. Johnny Cueto is the righty. All right, all right. But, um, no, I think this is a good matchup to start the year. The Marlins are a pesky team. They seem to always give Mets trouble. But, you know, I think it's a good series. It's The Marlins kind of, I don't want to say redesigned, but I guess retooled yeah. is a better word, their team. You know, they got rid of Pablo Lopez, who the Mets absolutely destroyed, so we'll miss him dearly. They got Luis Arias, who's one of the best pure hitters, I would no. say. Um, they got Gene Segura. So a couple familiar face, not weird so familiar. Offseason. Very weird offseason for the Marlins, yeah. I will say. But, you know, kind of a real tour offense. But I do think the Mets are going to start three and four. Not three okay. and four. Three and one. But they're going to take three of four yes. from the Marlins. Again, I think the biggest thing is facing the lefties. Um, if they can hit the lefties, they can easily start 4-0. But I think that's the big thing. But I'm, I'll keep you a little conservative. I mm-hmm. think they start 3-1, and one, and we'll roll from there. You know, Starting Miami, I'm super, super excited to get this yeah. season started. Super excited to start recording after every series, yes. too. But, yeah, I think the Mets are going to start off pretty well. Um, again, big story is will they hit the lefties. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. You got anything right. to add? No, just that's really going to determine their series, their season yeah. as a whole. If they can find a way to hit lefties, because you think, well, one every three, four games are facing a lefty. Right. Those are how many games. I don't want to say you're necessarily punting, because it's not like they weren't trying. Right. But you can almost stencil in as an L. And also, right. when you get into the playoffs, how many, like, legit lefty pitchers yeah. are you going to be facing? So right. it's like Not only starters, defer- but relievers, exactly. too. Like, that's definitely going to determine how far they can make it. Yeah, I agree. I think hitting lefties... That's looking way ahead. Though. Yeah, I know. But hitting lefties consistently is really going to take this offense to like the next level. They're a good offense. I'll bet but the same great. offense, they could be better. So I think hitting lefties consistently is really going to give them a good overall feeling of who they are as an offense and where to go from there. But without further ado, very excited for my Mets. But... On to Manhattan, not Manhattan, I'm stupid. On to the Bronx. The Bronx. Let's look at 
now entering the Bronx. Welcome to the Bronx. The Bronx. Um, got a lot to talk about. Yeah. First, start off with some injury updates. Yes. Pretty much all we got was positive. Um, well, not For the most part. But, so, Seve, Luis Arino, suffered a low-grade latch strain. Uh, it's important to note, it was different than the one last year. He's expected sometime back late April. That's yeah. a good sign. Yes, definitely. Um, please just be healthy. I know. I've, the pitching, starting pitching has taken yes. a deep, three out of, deep hit. Three out of five starters are not going to be on the opening day roster. Yeah. Um, Carlos Rodone, the new acquisition in the offseason, threw 30 pitches in a bullpen on Monday. That's yesterday. We're recording this on Tuesday. Don't know when this is coming up. Um, he threw breaking balls and fastballs, said that he felt great. Um, one thing to note, a kind of misconception is that people are getting more hurt because of velocity going up. Right. But it's more so because of the off-speed break pitches. That does a lot more stress on your arm and your elbow. Right. So him throwing breaking balls and saying he felt great, that's a really the good big sign. sign. Yep. Um, because of these injuries, obviously we need another starter. Yes. Because you just slot in um, Schmidt and Herman for the three and four. And then Joni Brito. He's good. Yeah, had, had a decent outing. So, if you guys did not see, a couple days ago, he threw 5.1 perfect innings. To me, the most impressive part was 11 ground outs. Ground ball pitcher. That is in three punch outs, so it's three strikeouts. So that's perfect. 14 out of 16 outs that were not fly. He had two fly ball outs. That's that huge. I think that's huge. That's all I was saying. Like that to me, the ground outs, like yeah. the most impressive part of that. Definitely, definitely. I could definitely see him slotting in as number five starter, unless they make a trade, which might be brewing. Might be. A- as of recording. We're gonna get into that because it's gonna go over quick over the roster. Yep. So. The people that are kind of locked in for position players, Aaron Judge somehow, Giancarlo Stan, Oswaldo Cabrera, Aaron Hicks, Glaber Torres, DJ LeMahieu, Anthony Rizzo, Josh Donaldson, Anthony Volpe, Big Man, Jose Trevino, and Kyle Higashioka. So those are kind of locked in ones. Some that are like interesting are IKF and the last outfield spot. Because right. the last outfield spot, I've seen so much stuff in the last hour that... Esteban Florial has made the roster. Esteban Florial has been cut. Es- there's no decision that's been made. Esteban Florial is in purgatory. Yes. <laughs> From what I understand, the general consensus that Willie Calhoun got sent down AAA. Okay. And either in either Esteban Florial or Rafael Ortega have made mm. the roster spot. Probably the latter two of the three that should make it. I don't know. Okay. Because I think Willie Calhoun's a great, better hitter than all. Yes. But he's not that good as a fielder. Okay. So, Rafael Ortega, I think that's ideally who gets a spot until okay. Bader comes back, just because right. he can play all three outfield positions. Okay. Solid bat. Right. I'd rather Calhoun, because I think he has, like, a lot more upside. Yeah. But definitely. it makes sense. But for not, fourth outfielder, not, essentially? Yeah. I'm not mad about that. Florial, if, one thing note, if he's not on the opening day roster, then they have to DFA him, because he has no more options. Yes. So, so go through waiver wire. Yeah. So, I would not be surprised if some sort of trade happens right. last second. Then for the starters, oh boy. Garrett Cole, Nestor Cortez, Clark Schmidt, Domingo Herman were not positive because right. nothing has been announced yet. But it's un- barring a trade, it seems that Joni Brito will be the fifth starter, which 
I'm all for let the kid. This season should be let the kids play. Yeah, and they and they've already started that. The reason why we think that there may be trades yes. when it comes to like the bullpen, the relievers. Yep. So we got Clay Holmes, Michael King, Win- Wandy, Wandy Peralta, Johnny Lasagna, Ron Marinaccio, <laughs> Jimmy Cordero, Albert Abreu, and kind of a shocking move. That's only seven out of eight. Greg Weiser, who I thought was like a lock, lock yeah. to make the eighth spot, got sent down. Right. It was between him and Ian Hamilton. Ian Hamilton also got sent down. Makes, so makes you think. There's nothing else they could really makes do. Makes you wonder. For that last bullpen spot. So right. that's kind of what makes me think like there almost has to be some sort of a trade, whether it be ICAF for a reliever, Floreal for a reliever, just something like that because it just doesn't and we've also seen a lot of stuff about Cashman saying, Oh, I'm still working. A lot of like reports coming out that there may be another move for opening day. Right. So there could literally we've been like putting off recording for yeah. like trying trying to figure just it trying out. Trying to see if there like <laughs> was a trade. Right. Because knowing us, the second we hit stop recording, a trade oh, yeah. happened. Of course. Um. As of right now, no just trades. Just lo- lots of talk. Yeah. Um. Another roster move that was shocking. I don't think it was shocking. When we heard Volpe made the roster, yes. that Oswald Peraza was sent down AAA. He should have been the ro- they both should have been the roster. Um, but I definitely think Volpe over right. Peraza is the right call. I, f- I feel like you're overblowing that fact. Let's let's talk. Let's revel. Well, I have more about Peraza. All right, all right. We'll, re- so, we'll revel about Volpe in a few. I told you that there was a story about a player. Yes. It just did not make any sense at all. Yes. So Oswald Peraza may have been blind. Huh? <laughs> yeah, Oswald Peraza just like uh, couldn't see. Um, like an Eddie Rosario type. Yeah. He um oh. so going into spring training, he there was an article I read. I wish I could quote. I think it was like NJ.com or something okay. like that. That he, at, for the first time in his career, had perfect vision going into spring training. Um, this is a quote from the article. The 22-year-old is wearing contact lenses for the first time after the Yankees sent an eye doctor after he struggled with the eye chart. Apparently, he couldn't even get past, like, the first two things. I can get past... No, actually. I think... I think, like... I think I struggle with the third. That's but regardless. That's <laughs> crazy. To be a, a baseball player and not be able I to see... I can't even see what we're recording Dude, at. that's insane. To not be yeah. able to see as a baseball player. Just a lot I of agree. things that it could help with is... Everything. Reading, yeah, <laughs> reading the ball in the pitcher's hand. Yep. That's... A huge thing that a lot of people have said that they don't uh, what's it called they don't expect the pitch the great hitters react so yeah. if you can't see what pitch is right. coming yeah. how are you supposed to react to it right I mean little I get personal anecdote my left eye is worse than my right eye mm. so when I played little league I'm a righty my left eye is really facing the pitcher so I struggled a lot hitting mm. and it'd be kind of all my family and I kind of like only came to this conclusion fairly recently was probably because I have bad peripheral vision in my left eye. Mm. So if I'm up to bat and I'm looking, I can't really see the ball out of the pitcher's hands. Yes, that's great. So, and to get this far, like Peraza did, I commend that's... him because I couldn't do shit Dude, <laughs> literally. Gonna, I think his stock is going to like skyrocket now right. because to not be able to see and right. he still produced very well to be, like, this incredible defender. Right. And that's going to – especially there was one thing I saw that I didn't really think about, but 
when he played a vast majority of his career without Pitchcom, played like 10 games with Pitchcom in his career, right. one thing that he couldn't really see is the sign the catcher was throwing down. Okay. So if people don't know, you the way a ball is hit is based off what pitch is thrown. Right. For example, a knuckleballs are like notorious for being very hard to catch in the outfield. Right. Um, so being able to know what pitch is coming and bang, bang on a trash can, um, he's going to make it a lot easier to feel. So if you're Definitely. giving a guy who's like already known as an otherworldly fielder the ability to know what pitch is coming. The ability to see? The ability Ooh. to see? <laughs> that's like... Wow. Yeah. That's a crazy story. I'm glad, I'm glad you, you waited to tell me that. Yeah. Because that's... I, that's was, that, I, I wasn't expecting that. The reaction that. on the podcast would be a lot Yeah. Better. No, I think that's definitely... Huge. definitely kind of changes my outlook on him, yeah. honestly. So, I definitely think, like I said earlier, I just wanted to, like, pre-tech, like, give Preference? Pre- preface, yes. Yes. Preface this with that story. Yeah. I 100% think he should have been on the roster. Right. Um, one thing I thought was maybe they were sending him down, try him at third base. They said they're not doing that. Yeah. Seems like just, more shortstop second base. I almost don't see... Him not starting on the roster makes me question his future with the Yankees. Yeah, I think definitely something to take into account. Uh, I feel like I've been, I said in the past, I feel like if you're trading an infielder, it's probably going to be Torres. Mm. If you want the kids to play, if you want Volpe and Peraza. I realize Torres is still a kid. Right. He's 25, maybe 26. The younger kids. The prospects, let's call them. The babies. The babies. The baby infielders. I, I, always, baby. I always thought that you trade Torres to then open the spot for Peraza. Yes. But now, it may be flipped. do you trade Peraza to keep Torres? I don't know. Because right. the way that I saw it is that Volpe, incredible defender. Yes. We, look, you saw the two plays he made today. Yeah, today, like, earlier. Like, people were making jokes like, does Volpe know he made the yeah, roster? Yeah, he already made the roster. Stop trying. He had like a, he killed, crushed a ball for a single, made two incredible plays. Yes. And Two diving plays two diving at that. Just... So, Volpe, incredible defender. Peraza's better. Yes. He's an otherworldly defender. Yeah, you think Volpe's good? Yeah. Like... So, if you're calling a Volpe to be the shortstop, I don't see you moving him. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you're the opening day. Sh- you are the shortstop. Right. I don't see them uncommitting to that and then moving him to another position. Unless you keep him at shortstop to keep his value up to then trade him. For Peraza? Yes, that's, for Peraza. That's what I'm saying. Right. I don't see them changing him to second base long term. Right. So it's like that almost begs the question, are they all in on labor? Right. Or what are they... What's going on behind closed doors? Yeah. Because I think... I mean, yeah, like... Keeping him a shortstop keeps his value. Mm. But if you see him in your future, what are you doing? If you th- if Volpe is your shortstop of the future, why are you keeping Praza a shortstop? It's... Kind of like with the Mets with Ronnie Mauricio. Mauricio is a shortstop. You have Lindor for the next mm. decade. But you're not moving Mauricio off of shortstop. Mm. So do you see him in your future? Or are you trying they to trade him? They not. They... As of right now, no. He's mm. still a shortstop. As far as everyone's concerned, he's a shortstop. Played third base in the Dominican mm. League. Whatever. But I can see them yeah. A-Rodding it for the Maybe. Yankees. Where, like, A-Rod was a better defender, but that was Jeter's spot. 
Right. So I can almost see them doing that with like second short instead yeah. of third and short. Right. Not comparing them. Yeah. I'm just saying that type of situation. The storyline behind it, I guess. That's because I even going into the season, I thought it was almost gonna be whenever he gets called up, Volpe was gonna be the second baseman, Peraza shortstop. Yeah. I almost thought about it as, yeah, those are the positions, but Volpe's the shortstop. Yeah. In a weird where it's like, just how you think of him, he is like, almost because like with Jeter, like. It's almost left the mark that will never come off that the shortstop is, like, a big deal. Like, yeah. it's a bigger deal than the second. Like, that's with Glaber. Like, you're hunting for a shortstop. That's a huge deal. So, it's almost like right. he would have embodied the shortstop. But now, he's just the shortstop. Right. So, yeah. But I th- is, is it time? Can, can we revel? Can we talk? Can we talk I, about it? I can talk about him. I want to talk about him. Go ahead. I can, I can talk about him? I'm sure, yeah, go ahead. I, 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 can, I can start it. Yes. Anthony Volpe is your opening day shortstop. Thank goodness. Take notes, Mets. If Let I the kids play. If I showed you my text messages with Nick, literally half of it is Anthony Volpe, and the other half is, do you want? are you free for dinner tonight? Yeah. Those basically. are the only things that we've texted. <laughs> and just... Completely deserved it. Completely he, deserved he it. He completely outperformed any Everyone. other shortstop. Everyone. Whatever you want to call yes. him, he good. I'm good for him. You know he what is, I mean. Brian Catherine went into the offseason saying, "You have a shot to be the opening day shortstop yep. if you win the position." Yeah. <laughs> what did he? And, and look what he did. He won the position. Yes. And it, I think even if Cashman was saying that to save face, to kind of like, oh yeah, there's a shortstop competition. I think obviously there was because he's the shortstop now. But even if there wasn't, I he think he almost got back into a corner. Exactly. Like, what are you gonna? You're gonna send him down after having this some, again? Spring training. It's hard to take a the lot stats, of it in. Yeah. Yes. For but yourself. yes, but the way he carries himself, yes. the way he gets onto the field, the way he plays. He is a major leaguer. Yes. So. There has not been one even somewhat neutral thing I've heard about him. No. As, yeah, Everything everyone, I've heard mm-hmm. is sky high. On yes. just, he has that it factor, which is going to kind of lead into my next point. Right. Of, remember, he's 21 years right. old. He was drafted out of the high school. He's playing for his favorite team. There's going to be a lot of nerves. Yes. Temper your expectations. Right. Julio Rodriguez started off... Not terrible, but not yes. good. And he turned it around kind of like quarter through the season and one work of the year. Yeah. So it's one of those things where you need to give him time to give adapt. Him time. I better not see you people saying two weeks into the season when he's struggling, cut him. Yeah, send him down, blah, blah. Kind of like what I said with the Mets, with their prospects, if you're calling him up, you're playing him, he's your everyday shortstop, whatever. He's your everyday shortstop for Volpe's case. He's your everyday shortstop. You are playing him. You, If he's struggling, you play him. Yes. If he's doing good, you, you play him. him. You are playing this guy no matter what. Yes. And I think that he's going to have a very long leash because when Boone told him, first off, Boone's a dick. Yes. Like his, so for those that don't know, that haven't seen the video, Boone pretty much like, it's like this could be a tough conversation I had when he like pulled him into his office. You only have, like, 20-some-odd at-bats at AAA. And, like, he's holding this poor kid on. 
for like a minute. And he's like, we still got more development, but I think that development will happen in the big leagues. Right. So I think that they're going to have a very long leash on him because if you're saying his development's going to happen in the big leagues, right. you can't have a short leash because that's yeah. contradicting yourself. Right. And then you're just going back. Yeah, basically. <laughs> like, for lack of a better term. And my prediction, just for Volpe, a realistic, maybe even more conservative prediction right. of Volpe is 270, 350 on base, a 450 slugging, with about 15 home runs, 20, 25 doubles, and 30 stolen bases, with very good defense. And I think that's even conservative. Yeah, that, that seems legit. And I feel like you take that in a heartbeat. Yes, which some people won't realize how good that is. Right. I think... Honestly, I think he's going to be closer to 900 than 800. Mm-hmm. By that, I mean I, I see him as like an 860, 875 for his rookie year type right. guy for OPS. Um, I definitely think the on, the plate presence he showed was a lot better than I expected. So I could definitely see his on base, base being really high. Bump up. Okay. Um, and his slugging maybe be a little lower. Right. Than I feel like he's one of those guys that can not necessarily not focus on slugging. Yes. But his on base is going to keep his... Yes. OPS high. OPS, like, afloat. Yeah. I agree with that. I think that one thing is, like, he has, like, some good pop. I think that he may, like, one year in his career at his best could hit 30. Yeah. Maybe one maybe. year. Yeah. But I think he's going to be a lot more doubles guy. Yeah. I think that's, like, more of, like, his play style. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think his future is a leadoff guy. Yeah. I think I think uh, Boone said they're probably going to hit him ninth to start the year. But the future, I feel, is a leadoff guy. I have another point about that. Okay. But I want to say one last thing. Yep. Of we were kind of talking about like he's like he has that it factor and all that and all these like expectations people are putting on it. Yes. If there's any kid that I've seen in the last couple of years, just from what I know about prospects, that can handle these expectations, it's him. Right. Just all the stuff you've seen, but then at the same time, you also don't want to put so much pressure on him. Yeah. So let's just temper the expectations. Let's yes. not dig through his social media. Yeah. Like we've already done. Um, and by the way, the DD thumbs down thing, if you think he was making fun of DD, you are a, bef- a buffoon. You are a bozo. If you don't remember that the Yankee celebration was the thumbs down, then you are not a real Yankee fan. <laughs> you are a mad wagon, and, but still listen to the podcast because we need the views. Regardless, <laughs> so let anyways. Anthony Volpe be Anthony Volpe. Yes. He's not going to be Derek Jeter. He's not going to be, I don't know. Nick Swisher. He's not yes. going to be Mickey Mantle. He's not going to be this guy, this guy, That's this guy. That's a weird comparison with Nick Swisher. Sorry. I know. I'm just throwing out names. Yes. But I let Anthony Volpe be Anthony Volpe. I will say the Mickey Mantle thing, there was something I saw that, like, he wore 77 because right. his grandfather's favorite Yankee was Mickey Mantle. So it's kind of just like an homage. And someone said, oh, let him wear 14 because he's seven times two because he'll be twice the player Mickey Mantle was. Bro, what? If, if, even if that's a joke, this kid is on Twitter. This kid has social media. I hope he just doesn't have his phone for the entire season. I know. I know. Like, I agree. ridiculous. Temper your expectations and let the kid be let himself. Let him establish his own legacy. Yes. We call him kid and he's like he's a, a year or two yeah. older than us. Yeah. He was literally, a, he played against, for, you know this guy, I've told you a million times. For you that, for you guys that don't know it, he played, he was a rival school of, like, high school of mine, and when I was a sophomore, he was a senior, and I have friends that, like, played against him, so that's kind of, like, surreal right. when you really think about it. Yeah. So that's part of the reason I really like him, because yeah. I can say, like, I know people that kinda played that against ho- him. that hometown kind of yeah. callback. Um, as you were saying with the lineup, mm-hmm. 
Boone said that he's like you said he's expected to start in the knock hole on yep. opening day. I don't hate that. Right. I think that that's my second. That's the second place I would have put him. Okay. I think that that's good to start. Lower the expectations, double lead off. I like that. I think that one of my least favorite places to have him is the five hole. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people say that. He is the perfect leadoff hitter, and I just think that to not have DJ LeMahieu at leadoff is massive for this team. DJ, phenomenal leadoff hitter. This isn't a knock at him. It's just I would much rather have one of the best guys with runners in scoring position hit fifth, right. so that way he has a lot more time to hit those, or a lot more opportunities to hit those guys in. Yeah, no, definitely. So that's I agree. just like. And I feel like it just the the five hole doesn't fit his skill set. It doesn't. It's like that's like I see a lot of people say like hit him fifth, like that just no. doesn't make and sense. Yeah, like what you're gonna hit him like stands probably your four yeah, hole. Like, you're gonna hit him behind like Rizzo, Stan, and Volpe. That just it I just it that doesn't exactly make sense. Like I said, per- perfect leadoff guy. I think nine I hole is a good nine. spot. I think that's that's second leadoff. So yeah. I don't I don't hate that, but I also want him getting more bats. Right. That's part because. His whole game, if anything is going to translate, it's going to be speed and defense. Yeah. So you want that guy running everywhere. Yeah. I want one thing. The Yankees, they've been better about it, but they've kind of, like, been more cautious with stolen bases. I don't give a shit. I want him running wild. Especially with the bases. I would much rather him almost get thrown out and take a lot more chances than not. Because I want him to build that confidence. I want him to get that experience. I think that's his, his... Many insane skills that he has. His speed and his defense are going to be insane. Right. Insanely valuable, especially his rookie year. Yes. I, he's, he's a 50 stolen base kind of guy. 50 stolen base. Especially with the new bases and the pickoff rules and all that. I, and keep in mind, he's had them for the last, like, what? His entire career in the minors. Oh, yeah. I a forgot. A lot of pitchers yeah. in the major leagues, they haven't had that. They right. may not be as used to it as him. So, I... Like I put thirty stolen bases in my realistic prediction. He could have more. I honestly, I honestly, I probably expect more. It's because I put thir- three fifty on base. Yeah. I think it's gonna be higher. If that's even like three eighty, he probably is gonna get like forty bags. Right. So. so yeah. His speed is insane, and he's going he to needs to run. Fun. Yes, he's gonna be a fun player to watch. Unfortunately. Yes. For my so, end. <laughs> that's really it. I got yeah. about that. I got the predictions. Yep. I think the Yankees are either going to go 2-1 and one or 3-0. and oh. Right. I just think they always start slow. I do think there's a good chance they sweep the Giants, and I also think there's a good chance they go 2-1. and one. I A lot of the starters weren't set for both teams. Right. All we know right now is Garrett Cole versus Logan Webb. Who knows? I, I'm just taking right. Cole based off just track record and all that, but right. I, I don't think the Yankees have ever seen Logan Webb. Really? Ever. Okay. Ever. Maybe once, but I don't even think that. Right. So... Who knows what's going to yeah. happen there. Um, we don't know who's going to be the 2-3 and three starter. I think Schmidt is locked into game two. Okay. Game three, no one knows. I've seen some people say Brito. I've seen some people say Nestor. I've seen some delusional lunatics say uh, Domingo Herman. <laughs> so no one knows what's right. going to happen Nothing there. set in stone. Nothing at all. So it's kind of hard to like go... I think they win the Cole game. Right. I think they take a loss in either second or third game, depending on what happens there. Right. And kind of just on, like, overall predictions, I definitely think that DJ is going to have a big series because I think people don't realize how big of an impact the healthy DJ LeMayu has. Yeah. He was our best hitter in 2019 and 2020. Right. Better than Judge, better than Stan, better than everyone, every hitter we had. 
keep in mind, I think he should have won the MVP in 2020. Right. So, I just think I expect a huge series from him. Judge is just... Judge is judge. I think that it's almost going to be like... Almost like how people, like, they would play against their old teams. Yeah. Almost like that, in a way. You're going to verse Arson Judge and the Giants. Oh. Then really the only other prediction I have is I think we're going to see at least one or two very exciting things from Volpe. Yeah, Whether that sure. be a great defensive play, a stolen base, or just something electric we're going to yeah. see from him. Yeah. Again, temper expectations, but I think he's going to bring a lot of energy to this team. I agree. That's really all I got, unless you got any... No, I think things. Volpe, bringing up Volpe was the right move. Yes. Take notes, Mr. Matt. Big middle finger to service time manipulation. If that's the case, but bringing up Volpe was the right well, move. Well, I was saying in general, not yeah. Mets. Fair enough, but... I applaud the Yankees. They made the right choice. I did not expect it. I'll be honest. I, I did not. The, the more it went on, the less. The more went on, the more I got on board, but yeah. the less I thought it was going to happen. I agree. So I'm happy it did. I'm very excited to watch him play. Unfortunately, but no, I think opening day is very, very, very soon. Close. So we're very excited. Yes. With All that right. in mind. We'll see you in Manhattan where we're going to do some over-unders. Now entering Manhattan. Hello and welcome to Manhattan. Today we're just going to be doing some quick uh, over-unders. Uh, we have seven for both the Yankees and Mets. Um, we're not going to get into tiebreakers because we literally spent five minutes just going very, very in-depth in tiebreakers. Yes. If that comes up, we'll update you pretty much. It's going to be team records for a tiebreaker. If that's tied, it'll be how far they got in the playoffs. If that's tied, it's going to be record in the playoffs. If that's tied, it's going to be, um, what's it called? The run differential. run differential. If that's tied, we're just going to kill ourselves. We're just going to flip a coin to see what happens. But for over-unders, uh, we're each, like we said, this is the third and last part of our little ongoing competition, if you want to call it. You're going to get a point. Her, yeah, which, which, her. yeah, whichever. If you say over and it was over, you get a point. If you say it was under and it was under, you get a point. So we'll and add that at the end. On Sunday, the first podcast of the in season, yes. we will then reveal all the punishments, and that'll be the Manhattan section for that. Right. Um. But so pretty much, we're gonna start with the Yankees. Yep. We're gonna go like back and forth. So we're gonna do Yankee, then a Met, Yankee Met. Right. And so example, the next gonna start with the Yankees, then I'll start with the Mets. So. Okay. So first one we got. Aaron Judge home runs, 45, 44 and a half. I'm taking the over. This one was so hard for me. Really? I think that this is a perfect line because one thing that I think is going to happen is I think at one point Volpe will be the leadoff hitter. I think he will get on base. He will steal second. There's going to intention to walk Judge. Oh, so I took, think, okay. I took the over begrudgingly. Right. I think that judges, because I think there was a thing I saw that judge only got intentionally walked like 15 times last year. Right. I think that number is going to. It's going to bump up. I think I almost made this intentional walks for judge. <laughs> right. Just, but I wanted to keep it kind of like consistent. Yeah. Because we're doing like the longer ones. So. Right. I mean, I feel like 40, 45 is a good number. I like the line at 44 and a half because I think he's going to hit 45, 46. Mm-hmm. Like around that high 40s. Yeah. So I think that was a good line, but taking the over. The intentional walk. I took the over yeah. as well. I think I mentioned that, but just the yeah. intentional walk, sorry. All right, so next we got Pete Alonzo home runs at 39 and a half. 
I think that's an easy over. I also do as well. Yeah. I think, yeah, I'll. So he hit 40 home runs last year. He hit 39 before. His career average is about 43. And I think Alonzo is just becoming better and better each year. He's becoming more, yeah, more complete hitter with still having that power. You know, are we ever going to see 53 home runs again from him? Who knows, but I'll take 40, 45. And with that, I'm taking the over. Yeah, I took the over as well because I think that as long as he health, he's healthy and there's no reason to believe he won't be because yeah. he's been like, you know the little saying, can't hold fat? Right. There's no <laughs> reason to believe that he will not be healthy. I agree. So I think that if he plays at least 155 games, I, yeah. I just can't see him not, not hitting 40. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. Strikeouts. Yep. For the next one for the Yankees, we got Garrett Cole strikeouts at 249 and a half. I, I was wavering on this one, but I'm going to take the over. I passed. I'm just not answering. You're just not answering? I, I just think that this was the perfect one. Yeah, this was if a really good one. If you look at his career averages, that's kind of where he is. Yeah. Like, every year, I also took over because I just think that he, I think that what we saw last year, he had a couple of bump starts that just should not have happened. IKF just completely screwing him over, <laughs> completely making it a lot harder to get deeper into games. I think there were also a lot of, like, Weird things with Cole, where he kind of just got into his own head. Kind of, he fixed that. Right. So I think that the over, it's a phenomenal line. I'm Definitely. also taking the over. Yeah, I mean, say what you want about Cole, but uh, he pitches every fifth day. He's going to give you 200 innings, and he's going to strike guys out. So I think, yeah. and for me, after a little bit of thinking, I think it was an easy over. I don't know. I but think. Just because of the volume. That's my, I think he's like, if you're putting a bet on who's going to have the most strikeouts in the league, I think Cole's like kind of the safe bet. Right. Safe and smart bet yeah. in a way. Definitely. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So, next is Max Scherzer strikeouts at 219 and a half. I took the over begrudgingly again okay. just because the age, he's really yeah. getting up there. I was I had the under at first because I was like, okay, the injuries, that scares me. But I really looked at his career. The only year he was hurt was last year. Every right. year, he has 30 starts, 30 starts, and he has at least, like, 220 strikeouts. Yeah. So he's, like, in that 220 to 250 range pretty much right. every year. Yeah. So it's, like, I just... It's it's hard not to take the over. Yeah, it's, like... But I took the under. You took the under? I took the under, not because I don't think he's going to be healthy. Mm-hmm. I do think the Mets are going to employ a six-man rotation at one point. Mm-hmm. So I Especially think... Especially for Sanga. Yes. Like Sanga, Verlander, Scherzer... Yes, the old man Mets plus Sanga. I feel like they're just going to employ a six-man rotation, though it's going to bring his volume a bit down. I do think he's going to hover that 215, 220. I think it's a great line again. But, yeah, I, but I'm going to take the under just because I think he's not necessarily going to be restricted, but they're going to kind of treat him carefully. Yes. They don't want to break him. It's smart. Yeah, I, I also, yeah, I do. I think um, it's smart. Yeah, that's so that's that for that. Then Anthony Volpe. I just wanted to say this really quick. Yep. All these lines we got were from the fan graphs. Fan graphs, yes. Just, like took what their like the projections, projections were, and then career average kind of and kinda, yeah. But Anthony Volpe stolen bases. I, I, I like this line, but twenty four and a half, easy over for me. Yeah. Easy I, over. I had that and I was like, 
I almost wanted to tweak it. Yeah. It's like I feel like no matter what I tweaked it to, you you're just gonna take the over anyway. Yeah, I think my thing I'm at f- the over obviously. Right. I think my thing at first was I don't know I didn't know if he was gonna make the opening day roster. Yeah, the initial line was like twelve and a half. Right. So I think it was a volume thing for me, but now that he's on the opening day roster, I think this is it's, an easy opening. It's probably easy. the easiest one on this entire list. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I put kind of my notes. If anything's going to translate, it's going to be the speed. So right, definitely. Um, next, we got Verlander innings pitched at 179.5. I took the under. And yeah, uh, I also took the under. Again, I think six-man rotation. Hmm. Uh, innings hmm. pitch are going to be a bit restricted. Um, he pitched 175 innings last year for his Cy Young year, so I think he's going to hover around that 170 innings mark. So I think not necessarily because he's going to get hurt. Again, because of the six-man rotation, going to like Scherzer, they're going to treat him pretty carefully. So uh, I'm going to take the under there. I kind of I kind of the same thing. Where yeah. you said 175 innings, but you're also not considering they made it to the World Series. That's True. a lot more interest that you're putting on that arm. I didn't even think of that. And you're saying that he's 39 or 38? Yeah, he's probably, I think he's 40. He has now. a walker. Yes. And I just can't justify taking the over. Because you're saying on the over it's 100 innings, innings pitched. Right. After pitching probably 200 when you include the postseason. That's mm-hmm. just coming off Tommy John. That, that, yeah. I think he'll be healthy, but I just I can't see him. I, I think he'll be around like... 165, 170. Right. I just don't see how it gets to 180. Yeah, no, Especially definitely. With, I wasn't even thinking of the six-man rotation. So. Right. Yeah, no, that's so that's I'm fair. I'm definitely taking the under. So, I, yeah, I think the under is kind of the way to go there. Mm. But moving on, Oswald Peraza, games played, 79 and a half. I took the under. Whether Stop he gets <laughs> whether he gets traded or not, I don't exactly see him playing more than half of the year. Just to caveat, these stats are with the team. Right. All this for like. Yeah. So if he gets traded, it's kind of void, I guess. But I just I don't see him playing more than half a year. I also, I took the under, and I just said there was like too many things working against him. Right. Log gem in an infield. They made. I think there may be a chance to try and manipulate his service time. Okay. Again, just because like you still can, and also his value just in trades, like how you said, like it was almost a thing of like how. You almost want to trade Glaber because he's the most valuable that you can reasonably trade. But now, right. maybe the other way if Glaber gets off. So I just don't see. And I also think if they do call him up, that they may almost have him as like. A backup. Not necessarily a backup, but he plays like one every other game, two right. out of three games. Not necessarily an everyday player. And that's yeah. when they call him up, which is going to be sometime into the season. So I just don't see. Yeah, I, d- I don't see it either. Yeah. The next one is Canna hit by pitches at 25 and a half. I took the under. One thing that I th- you took the under no no I took I took the over but go ahead I just one thing that I saw he's only played 140 or more games twice in his career yes granted it was the last few years right but I just I think that there is playing time may go down yeah, okay because there's gonna be some competition in the outfield because say that Escobar com- okay say that um, Escobar hits because you you're a big believer in Escobar yes say that Escobar hits they're gonna be putting in Beatty man to play the outfield. He's right. not gonna take if he's called spot. up. He's not going to take Nimmo spot. He's yeah. not going to take Marte's spot. And I also True. just think it's a thing of if he plays like 150 games, he'll definitely get it. But is he going to play 150 games? I don't think he's going to play okay. enough games or get the at-bats hmm. to be able to reach that mark. That's definitely interesting. I, I didn't think of it that way. I feel like 
And also, you never know, Tim Castro, if he can somewhat hit, maybe yeah, he value his defense. Over Canna, yeah. You know what, that's a fair point. I didn't really think of it like that. And they may even, sorry to cut you off, but Go ahead. they may even do something where they platoon Beatty and Canna. The issue with that is Canna has reverse splits. He hits righties better. Stop talking. Sorry. But I took the over because he just gets hit so much. It's like, at this point, it's a joke. I will say that is a skill. Yeah, and he, he's, he said it in interviews. Getting hit by pitches, it's a part of his game. Mm -hmm. He gets on base because he gets hit by pitches. For Yankee fans, look at Anthony Rizzo. Right. So it's a part of his game. I think what it, even if his playing time does go down, I'm taking the over. Because okay. I think it's just it's such an integral part of his game that he's just going to get hit and hope, God willing, it's not anything serious. But I think he's just going to keep on getting hit. One thing I thought of, like I just thought about this when we are talking, he also, how many times the Mets, it almost felt like people were targeting the Mets. Yeah, with hit. So they got like, hit a lot. I feel like that's also going to go down because there's no way that, because didn't you guys like have like a historically high amount of hit by pitches? They broke the record So I don't think that yeah. they're going to break it again. Right. So if anyone's going to like have that many, obviously it's going to be him. But I yeah. think that's going to, overall there's going to be gonna some be regression. Yeah, I think a big part of it was um, the Mets ha do have a lot of players that kind of crowd the plate. Mm -hmm. So whether you want to say it's intentional or not, Whatever, but it is a part of their game. They look. Mm -hmm. The Mets are semi old school team. They get on base one yeah. way or another. Yeah, but, kind of the Buck Showalter. Yeah, the Buck Showalter festival, the show, whatever Palooza. you want to call it. Buck Showalter Palooza. <laughs> but um, next one. <laughs> this, this is a this funny is one. I like. I like. This is my favorite one. Aaron Boone ejections. Put at six and a half. I, I, I took the under. I hammered the over. <laughs> I absolutely hammered the shit out of the over. So, I, I would have If it was at nine and a half, I probably would have taken over. Really? Yes. See, my thing, I did the math. I averaged it out. He gets ejected 5.2 times per year. That's his career average. I so, know something you don't. It, it, of course. His his career high was nine <laughs> yesterday last year. This is so stupid. His career high ejections was last year with nine. I don't think he gets ejected nine, ten times, but I can see him get ejected five six. That's I think it's one of the easiest overs on the planet <laughs> because one thing that you didn't know that uh -huh. I knew, and I specifically set the line like this because I knew you wouldn't know this. Mean. This is very mean. He had a pacemaker in 2020 and 2021. Does he, not, he doesn't have it anymore? No, 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 uh, no, no. They're going to no. let it loose. Oh, yeah. So that's why his numbers skyrocketed. So Boone was getting pissed off in spring training. Right. There was an at-bat with Volpe where Volpe got called out on, like, a horrible pitch for strike three. And then the yes broadcast just showed Boone just, like, getting in the umpire's face. It's spring training. Right. I think that also the kids are going to energize him because you're right. going to have all that youth. you got to defend the kids. I think this is like. It, I, you think it's an easy I think over? I'm taking the over on nine and a half. Wow. Okay. So that's right. I think that's a very easy over for All me. right. Sure. I, I, I feel slighted, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> the next one, Brandon Nimmo games played at. Did we say we're changing this to one thirty nine? Yeah, one thirty nine and a half. Okay, so one thirty nine and a half. Um, the reason we did that is just so if he took the over, it's one forty. Just to like yeah. keep it. Keep it even. I took the under. Yeah. I All also right. did. He has only take. He's only done this once in his career. Granted, last year. Twice. But tw he played uh, 
140 and 2018. Because I had it at 140 and that. Oh, That's yeah. Why, so, I go, yes. so, he started twice. Yes. Um, he's over, he seems healthy. Yeah. He already had the injury. So you never know right. if like there could be some sort of lingering yeah. aspect into that. I took and that into account. Definitely. Also like starting the season hurt, I just I don't I, I think he's okay going into the season, but we You never I, know. Especially right, you never him. know. Yeah, you know it, I love Nimmo. He's one of my favorite players, but it's always This some, is not a slight on Nimmo. Don't no, take it. No, not away. at all. It's not like um it's not a slump. That, yeah, I think that's, that's but sort of his injury in spring training, I think, was not necessarily a freak injury, but it was mm -hmm. kind of just like unfortunate, mm -hmm. I guess. You know, his yeah. spike got caught in the dirt. It happens. Freak right. Mm -hmm. So if you want to call it a freak injury, sure. But I feel like it's it's always something else with him. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, he plays the game hard. He plays really good defense. But with that comes a lot of dives, a lot of jumping, a lot of this, a lot of that. He also gets hit by pitches a good amount. So Hopefully you I'm not get some of those from uh, from Canna. Uh, <laughs> I'm not hammering the under, but if he plays 140, great. He can be very productive not happy. playing 140. Yeah, if he plays 130 plus, mm -hmm. I think that's a win because he's only played. I'll over, send you personally. That you too. Get the point or or he plays more games. Yeah. So yeah, honestly, that I didn't even think of that. But he's only played a over 100 games two or three times, one being 140 in 2018, one being last year. Every other year was high 90s, or he was, like, injury riddled. So I want to see a little more consistency. Yeah, I want to see a little more consistency before I can say he plays 140 constantly. I think happy with 120, honestly. I think a little recency bias. He performs, I think, 120 plus. You're fine with that. Yeah, and he, look, he's shown he can perform even if he doesn't play a lot. Yeah. So I think you know, 135 games, I think, mm -hmm. is around what we're gonna look at. Yeah. But obviously, I will happily take more. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, but um, moving on, we got DJ LeMahieu defensive run saved at seven and a half. Yes. I took the under. Okay. Would you want to explain that first, or do you want to? You go ahead. I took the over. Okay. The reason I took the over is I think that even when he was hurt with the toe injury, his fielding was not impactful. Right. It was only the offense. I think that if you look at the numbers, his best defensive position was actually third base. Right. It's yeah. Special, I, I saw that. Second, yeah. But it so was third I. base. I think he's. I think he's gonna have like that rover role where he's gonna be like he's gonna play third one day, he's gonna play second one day, he's gonna play first another day. Yeah. I think his primary position on this field is third base. So. I, I'm taking it over like that. Okay. He won the gold glove last year in the first utility, right? I'm not on drugs. I'm not sure. I'm I don't, 95 percent sure he won the yeah. first gold glove, like first utility gold glove for the AL. Yeah. So I just I think that's a pretty easy over. It's a okay. it's a tough one because his career average I think was seven or eight. It was some, yeah. It was somewhere that's what we said at seven and a half. Right. I took the under because of the uncertainty of an everyday position. He was a really good defensive second baseman in Colorado. Mm -hmm. He not he wasn't bad with the Yankees, but he did take well, a step a tick, down. A tick down. He, I think I was looking at it earlier. He had like 18 defensive runs saved in Colorado. When he got to New York, it was like five. Mm -hmm. So, and like you said, he's better at third base, but how much are you going to play him over Donaldson? If Donaldson hit, is hitting, yeah. Donaldson's your everyday third baseman. Mm. He's an elite defensive third baseman, so I don't think you can no, put DJ over Donaldson. Donaldson does 
Donaldson. Donaldson does not get nearly enough credit as he deserves defensively. Pretty sim. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I think it's that uncertainty where I, I think you can be good defense defender wherever he's playing. Yeah. It's just a little uncertainty where I'm not exactly sure mm. where he's going to play every day and how he's going to perform. Mm. That's fair. I think it was a tough line for me. I just think that there's a good chance that Donaldson... I think Donaldson will bounce back. Yeah. a lot higher than most people. But if he doesn't, you're going to play him a lot at third. I fair. think he will always have a position to play. Definitely. No matter you where have, it you is, have to squeeze he him in. will find a position to play. Yeah. So the next one we got is Jeff McNeil batting average, right? Yeah. Yes. At um, 309 and a half, this right. was easy over. Yeah. That, that was... I know. He has done this every year in his career except 2021. And Which I feel like you can yeah. just throw out 21. I, originally, we had the line around 290 because Fangrass had him projected around 290. Yeah. And then I literally told you. Like, I, that's like, I, I said, like, that's the easiest. I know. Even so, this is like a pretty Yeah, even game. this, I, I didn't really have a hard time saying over. I don't think he's going to hit, I think it was like 320 he did last year. Mm. But like 310, 315, I think that's... That's that's one of the biggest losses. I think he, he's going to be plus. not hindered by the lack of a shift because mm. he was really good at taking the ball the other way. It could only help. But not I don't think it's going to help. I think it's going to hurt him a little bit. A little bit. Because he was so good at taking the other way. Okay, I get what you mean. So there... But again, he's. I don't think he's going to be a 325, a 330 hitter, but a 315, I think that's kind of where I'm looking at it to be. So I think 310, 309 and a half is per perfect mm -hmm. and easy over for yeah. me. But um, after that, we got the last one for the Yankees. Clay Holmes saves, 24 and a half. Mm -hmm. I took the over. I took the under. Okay. I think that I don't think that Clay is going to be the everyday closer. I think he'll get, like, the lion share, if there is going to be a lion share, right. of the reps at closer. But I just don't think that he is going to be the only guy getting reps because you have Michael King, who was the – if it wasn't for Clay Holmes having a .2 ERA for the first, like, two, three months of the season, Michael King would have been probably the best reliever in baseball. Right. He's coming back. You have Johnny Lasagna, who sucked when he first started, but – once he got into it, the last, like, two months of the season, he was really good. Right. I think Wandy has balls of steel, and I think he'll get a lot of uh, closing opportunities for right. when he comes back. When Tommy Canley, even when we had, like, you may not know about this, but the Yankees kind of had, like, the four horsemen went in 2019 with Ardovino, Chapman, Britton, and Canley. Right. And he got a good amount of saves yeah. in that year. So I just don't think he's going to get enough opportunities okay. to get those saves. I saw it as the opposite. I think he's going to solidify himself as the closer. Mm -hmm. Or if not the closer, he's going to be at the top of the food chain. No, not I think he'll definitely be at the yeah. top of the food chain, but it's not guaranteed. But okay. I, I saw it I not more as like a 75% mm -hmm. Holmes, 25% everyone else. Mm -hmm. So I think 25 saves, 30 saves is doable. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, he pitched, he got hurt. Or if, I think it may have been like, it a, might have been like a like phantom. Thing, yeah, so they not necessarily like, hurt, but yeah. But he has more innings under his belt, so I think he's more ready for mm. that. I think he has more endurance mm. for it. So I see him more as a solidified mm. closer. And it's crazy because I also forgot to mention Ron Marinaccio. Right. Who it's he disgusting. also seems like he could like have legit like closer type potential, at least like setup man. Right. So I just think there's too many guys that are like even 25% of saves. I right. don't. How many saves okay. are you really going to get in a year? True. Fair enough. You know what I mean? Fair enough. Uh, so, the last one overall 
is Sang Sanga Ire at two seventy two. If I can speak, three dot seven four five. I took the over. Okay. I just this was. I don't even know, man. Yeah, this I think is... it's it's very hard to kind of pick. I took the under. Okay. But. It's very hard it's a to. It's fifty-fifty chance. Yes, that you're right he's on. he's either gonna be really good, or not so good. He's either gonna be like a three-two pitcher, right? Or he's gonna be like a six-year pitcher. Even I think, if you get like a three-seven-five out of him, which would be the, the over line. in this case, I think that's a perfectly good first year. And that's another reason why I kind of did because I I did research on this. I'm not sure okay. how much you did on this. I kind of just like looked at articles of like. A lot of Japanese starters in their first year, numbers <laughs> were all over the place. Yeah. There were some guys that had like a two five, then other guys that had like a five. Right. So it's like it was. Re- I think it was really like split down the middle. Some guys exceeded, some guys sunk. Right. So there really was no good answer for the, like no solidified answer. Okay. In this one. Yeah. I, I literally in my notes, I literally put this one's a coin flip. Like no, I think it is definitely. But it's I think the hardest one next to the cold one. I'm really high on Senga. I think his stuff is disgusting. And so far, it's translated pretty well. Mm-hmm. I think as long as he stays healthy and he kind of just adapts to the MLB mm-hmm. mound and the ball and everything, I think he's going to be a really good pitcher. I think he's going to end the year probably like a 3-5, which I will mm-hmm. take in a heartbeat. But could be a little more. Could mm-hmm. Maybe a little less. Well, no, but I I'm, I'm really high on it. The him. question marks that he may not be able to... Like, he has, like, two really good pitches, but he may not be able that third time through the order. Right. Maybe a struggle for him. That's kind of also what I did where, like, the first two times through the order, he may have, like, a sub-3 ERA, but I think that third time through the order will, like, kind of inflate that ERA. It up. Yeah. That's fair. That's Especially fair. Especially if they have, like, a six-man rotation. He right. He may not have as many starts to really get more acclimated. Right. Too, so. Fair. But, again, I think, like you said, really is a coin flip. Yeah. Kind of really don't know what you're going to get, but I guess I'm just a little high on him mm-hmm. than you are, but... No, I'm That's not fair. low on him. Yeah. I just I went to based off the Pass. average. It's more like the yeah. what's more likely. Right. I definitely think that he could definitely do what you said. But like I said, who knows? Yeah, thing. no, definitely. But that was the last one. Yeah, that last, was the last well, one. The last off season episode. Next time you're hearing from us, there'll be meaningful baseball. Yes. Um should I I'll mention the Ortega thing? Ortega got Rafael Ortega for the Yankees got Oh cut. yeah. Just, got cut. That's kinda like a he got caught when we were talking about the Yankee thing of Yeah, course. like after we recorded, yeah, look at the just, phone and there yeah, he is. That's kinda just but a throwaway it, thing. Um But yeah, yeah, meaningful baseball. Meaningful baseball. I mean you guys will get to see the punishment. Yes. I am ex- expect a lot more from us, especially yes, on definitely. social media. Yes. Um, Don't forget to follow yes. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, subscribe on YouTube. Hit us with a good review on Spotify, yeah. wherever you get your podcast. Follow us. But, we'll um, pay you five bucks for a good review. <laughs> Not. But, yeah, remember to subscribe. Remember to follow us. You'll be hearing a lot more from us. But thank you guys for watching and listening. Yeah. Um, see you guys. I am I'm very excited. excited. Very excited. We're see both very excited. All right. We'll see you next time.